Hey, 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 y'all. Welcome back to the Woman Unbreakable podcast. I am your host, Kim Henderson, and I am back with you all for episode seven of the Killing Our Goals series. And today we will actually be talking about debt. So I am actually joined by none other than Natalie Noisette, um, who is a graduate of Florida International University with a bachelor's in applied behavior and a Bose bachelorette certificate in entrepreneurship. After years of personal experience with poor credit and financial strain, Natalie turned to many of the theories learned in applied behavior to make the necessary changes needed for financial wellness. Once her personal credit score was improved, Natalie set out on an entrepreneurial endeavor and the company Credit Conversion was born. In an attempt to share the knowledge acquired after having resolved her own financial challenges, Natalie soon learned that like her, many individuals needed their behavioral concerns addressed in order to convert their credit. Natalie understands firsthand how difficult change can be, financial or otherwise. Each program within the credit conversion curriculum that she designed is to also address the behavioral issues that get in the way of creating healthy credit habits. Natalie's work and expertise has led to media mentions in numerous publications, which include but are not limited limited to LendonTree.com, CreditCards.com, and Yahoo Finance. Currently, Natalie is leveraging social media podcasts and an online presence to provide content that will inspire change and give actionable steps towards credit improvement. I hope you enjoy. I am joined by Natalie. Natalie, thank you so much no problem. for joining me on the Woman Unbreakable podcast. I, you know, like I was telling you before, you are like a triple triple threat i should call you um if anyone is following you on instagram or even know of you they know that you are involved in so many different ventures that are so successful thank you and you have the podcast you have an ebook that i'm sure you're going to tell us about um you have your two businesses i believe or you have a home care business and you have the credit conversion business correct, correct. or do you have additional businesses we do <laughs> <laughs> we do those are the two those are the two primary ones those are the big babies the other the other yeah. ones are in the oven they're cooking right now so um yeah we have a couple projects that we work on outside of that um i work with score who is mm-hmm. um an organization that's nationwide that mm-hmm. primarily focuses on allowing small businesses to get their foot on the ground. So mm. their number one goal is very much aligned with yours as far as making sure that when a business owner walks in the door to when they leave scores program, they are fully equipped to do whatever it is they need to do to grow, sustain and like start a business from the ground wow. up. And all of it is free. So that's wow. even, yeah, so that's even better. So if you look up score, like literally mm-hmm. like credit score, no pun intended, but um, <laughs> if you look up score and then you look up local chapter, I'm sure there's like a local chapter around unless you live 
in the middle of nowhere. So um, the SCORE, I also work with SCORE, and then we consult for individuals who want to start home care agencies. Um, I consult with individuals who do credit in other states, so there's, like, no competition around where I am. Um, Even though I Mm -hmm. could do credit in other places, um, I just Mm -hmm. consult with them for for the fact that I can't technically reach everyone. So if they can, then I profit in that way as well. Um, yeah, so just a couple, just a couple things. No big. You better, you better go ahead and get it all the way together <laughs> no, for trying. us. To say. <laughs> trying. One day at a time. You're amazing. You're amazing. And if you don't mind me asking, I listened to your first, uh, a couple of the podcasts, but the first episode, I think you mentioned you were 29, but I'm not sure when that was published. Right. Are you still 29 still or 29. 28? Nope, 29. Til- yeah. Wow. Just shy of my 30th birthday, a couple months. Wow. And you're doing amazing things already. Definitely. Um, if you are listening and you are in need of some guidance, you definitely need to make sure you follow Natalie's page and we're going, we're going to get that information in the end. Um, so a part of the reason why I wanted to contact you is like I told you before, I'm doing a, um, new year's resolution series on a podcast and touching on some key things that, you know, most of us want to try to get together in the new year. And at the top, I would say, well, you know, maybe the top three um, is finances, either getting out of debt or establishing credit or just becoming financially stable. Right. And in reading your bio, I saw that you were able to just kind of pull yourself out of this financial rut and actually get yourself grounded to the point where you are now helping other people become more financially grounded. So can you tell us a little bit about that? So not to throw my either one of my parents under the bus, but um, it kind of started with them. And that's where I always start. It's true. Like mm-hmm. they they didn't give me the background that I needed. Um, my advice. My dad didn't give me any advice about money or credit to, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my mom's advice was was well meant. You know, she meant well, but it wasn't enough to kind of like maintain or even honestly, it just wasn't enough to even start to understand what it was. But she did mean well. She's like, you know, don't use too much of it. Um, she told right. me, you know, don't get too many cards. But there was not really like information, substantial information. It was just kind of don't. Um, mm. Like a lot of our parents do. They mean well, but it's not right, really right. enough to kind of get you going. So that led to a lot of mistakes, L- mm. tons of mistakes. At its lowest, my score was in the early 400s. Wow. And, right, and that was just things that went unpaid. It could have been um, cards that were maxed out. It could have been, you know, honestly, it was pretty much a little bit of everything, to be honest with mm. you. So that's kind of where it started. And then I want to say 2012 or 2013, 2012. It was definitely 2012. So I was... I started, I transferred from um, community college into a four-year university and I started kind of working towards my bachelor's and I'm like, mm, all right, so here's more, even more debt, right? Mm-hmm, and then I remember mm-hmm. asking, and I, re- I remember it like it was yesterday. I walked into the student, um, like the student recreation center hall thing and they had a bunch of credit card tables set up and they just had students there signing up with, again, no information, no insight into what they're doing. They 
I didn't learn anything about an interest rate and I took another card, right? Mm-hmm, but this mm-hmm. time I was like maybe a little bit more intrigued about what was going on. So I started asking questions and I realized the guy was brushing me off. Wow. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you know, he knew what you, he was about to get you into. Right. Uh-huh. Exactly. So that was kind of like <laughs> sign number one. Um, mm-hmm. Sign number two, like there were kind of situations that kind of pr- transpired that were similar to that. And then the last, the, the straw that like broke the candles back, camel's back is I went to go apply for a car. And I don't know if my mom remembers this or not. I went to go and apply for a car to, you know, drive to school and try to, you know, make life easy. Right. Convenient because that's what a vehicle like is for. Us. You know, mm-hmm. like just, just needing a car. And I go and I'm denied. Mm. And that was the beginning because I'm like denied. Like, what are you talking? About? At, at that point, I had I don't even know what my credit score was. It's like, what is this thing called credit, right? Exactly. So that <laughs> kind of started all of it. I remember one day being home, getting on the computer, and just literally digging into the rabbit hole of what credit was from the beginning to the end, what a score was, how it's calculated. Like, kind of trying to figure out why I was denied. I don't know if it was more rejection than the actual thing. I couldn't get a car, <laughs> but <laughs> but definitely started like digging, 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 digging. And then education turned into application and I started applying some of the things that I was reading. I reached out to people that I knew, um, maybe people that I thought were perceivably more successful because they had cars or they had these things that you would need to buy credit with. And then right. information um, turned into even more education and application. And then a couple of years later, that that's no longer the case. So wow. um, I use everything I learned from either experience, what other people have taught me, research in order to now help other people kind of change their own credit status. Wow. Wonderful. And you brought up credit score. Let's talk about this. Yes. What is this? What is this credit score? Why should we know about it? So your credit score is a three digit. Nu- it was a three digit number that pretty much represents your relationship with money. Mm-hmm. So um, the higher it is, the the better your your relationship with money is. The lower it is, the more strained or maybe tumultuous your relationship with money is. But um, Eric Isaac and Bill Fair founded the Fair Isaac Company. So this was a score that they calculated based on an algorithm. They set up an algorithm in order to determine whether someone was credit worthy or not. So that's where you get the word FICO from. Mm. So now, I'm sorry to interrupt you. So no, now are you here like, FICO score, mm-hmm. right? And then you hear credit score, which is something I guess you may see like on a credit karma. Right. And th- that's a, there's a difference between the two. Not necessarily. No. So oh, okay. FICO, FICO is the algorithm that's used to determine a credit score. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. So it's just kind of like the metric. The thing is, there are so many different kinds of scores because they're different metrics. So there could be a vantage score. There could be the score X. Um, there are like different ways to measure it, but the most accurate across the board is the FICO score. So FICO is a uh, metric. Score X is a metric. Um, Vantage is a metric. And they determine your, your credit score. Girl, you are schooling. I'm right. I'm here. I'm supposed to be <laughs> doing this podcast and I'm writing notes. 
Oh, that's funny. <laughs> but okay, all right. I learned something because I always had it. I never knew that. That I never knew. Right. And mind you, I'm pretty upward in terms of looking at my credit score. But okay. Um, and like in a nutshell, I, I guess there's probably many ways of um, calculating. But what are some of the the, the, the top um, things that are looked at in terms of calculating a credit score? Okay. So I there's not one thing that's more important. And I always make that mm-hmm. very clear because they all work together to make up mm. your score. But if we had to quantify what's what uses most of your score up, then there are five factors that percentage wise make up your score. And the bigger the percentage, the more points you'll lose if you if that element is affected. Right. So, mm-hmm. for example, and I'm going to go in order of highest to lowest in percentage of how it affects your score. Okay. So number one is payment history, which accounts for 35% of your score. Okay. That means that 297.5 points of your total score is just payment history. Mm. Payment history means not only are you paying on time, but are you paying at all? So not, so most people think, okay, well, I didn't pay it. Um, that's That should be fine. But then it's like, well, you're late now. So that's another thing. You know what I mean? So they can kind of slam you for not paying it at all and paying it late. So you can kind of get hit oh. twice. Yeah, because when you if you look at your score, then they'll have a they'll have a area where it says um, missed payment, 30, mm-hmm. 60, 90, 180 days. So they're right, looking at how many times you've missed a payment. And then technically these are the also the number of days you're late. Right. So they they can penalize you for not only being late, but also missing the payment Correct. altogether. Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. And penalizing is not just points. Sometimes it's money. Because if you have a credit card that um, you agree to pay on the 25th, um, in the amount that you agree to pay, because it has to be the amount that at least the minimum that you agreed to pay. That's also another reason why you might get hit because people are like, oh, well, I'll just pretend on it. And the, the minimum is 25. If you don't pay the minimum, oh. you'll get hit, too. So minimum, always pay at least a minimum. But if you don't pay it on time, then they could tack on a late fee. So you're not only okay. are you not paying the minimum, but you're paying the late fee as well. Right, right. So number two, <laughs> which accounts for 30 percent of your score mm-hmm. and which makes up 255 points is debt usage. So debt usage is the amount of debt that you use on any kind of balance that you might carry. And I know it's I'm I'm trying I'm not trying to make it remedial, but like it honestly that's what it is is what it what it says is what it is. So if you have a credit card and I'll use the number 100 just to have something well-rounded. If you have a credit card with a $100 limit and you use 100% of that, which is $100, then you've used hundred dollars worth of debt you have a hundred dollars you're in hundred dollars in debt now because right. that's what the limit was a hundred mm-hmm. so the debt for debt usage they don't want you to use more than 30 percent before you start seeing your score go down so literally so why they so why would they give you so much money <laughs> I'll get to that. If they don't I, want you to use it and they're going to penalize you for using it. I swear if I had <laughs> a penny, I don't even need a whole dollar. 
if I had a penny for every time I do this training and someone asks me that, I don't think I'd be in business anymore. I'd just be on a boat chilling in the Cayman <laughs> Islands somewhere because, Girl. yeah, that question gets oh, answered no. a lot. But I'm, I'm going to I'm going to answer that for you. I promise. Okay. Um, but that usage. So I've played around with the 30% like usage and you'll see a 15 to 20 point increase just based on your debt usage being 29 versus 30. Ooh, that yeah, much. That much. So when it says below 30%, like they mean 29% <laughs> or lower um, mm-hmm. before you start seeing your score affected. Um, number three. Length of history, 15% or 127.5 points. Length of history is how much time you've had this card or loan or whatever the case may be. And you've been able to usefully or responsibly use the debt and um, pay on time as agreed. Right. So Mm -hmm. length of history, the longer you've had a card and or the longer you've had a loan or whatever the case may be and you've had a good standing with the company or the creditor lender whatever the case may be that will reflect positively on your credit report mm. Fourth, so i have a i have a question that you probably can come back to but sure. seeing as how it's at the top of my mind so for for hypothetically speaking you have this hundred dollar credit card mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um you used it a couple of times you paid it off and then you stop using it yeah Right? Does this positively reflect in your? Is it? This, what did you say? Credit usage history? No, that wouldn't affect credit use, but it would affect length. Length, right? Okay. Because now, if the card is closed, then it. So, if the card is closed now, they won't know how you are going to continue using it. There's no way to determine whether you are still worthy, point-wise or score-wise, because you're not using the card anymore. There's no more activity. And a lot of credit card companies actually close cards that aren't active. So that's something to kind of be mindful of. Did I answer your question? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So four is credit mix. So credit mix accounts for 10% of your score or 85 points. Account mix or credit mix is they want to know if you can handle different types of debt. So there are two primary kinds of debt not 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 only but two primary so it is revolving loans or revolving debt or installment debt so installment debt is more so like a loan like a car loan a mortgage a personal loan those are installments you know exactly how much you're you're walking into paying for example if it's a thousand dollar loan you know it's Mm -hmm. a thousand and then you're making installed payments as you mm. go. So that's an installment okay. debt. A revolving debt is more like a line of credit where there te- technically isn't a predetermined amount because your credit limit could increase, right? So that would be revolving. It could change. So, or okay. not only that, but you could also be paying 25 minimum pay- um, minimum amount one month and then they might bump it up to 60 for whatever reason. So that could change as well. So revolving is something that literally revolves. Like it can change over time. And an installment right. is something that is more fixed. Like you technically know how much money you're going to be paying. Mm, okay. Um, and last but not least is hard inquiries. So hard inquiries also accounts for 10%, 85% of your points. And um, a hard inquiry is whenever a company 
a creditor, a lender, even if I were, if I could, or if I had the ability to kind of pull your data, if I go right. to your credit report and I'm going to go determine your credit worthiness in order to lend you any money, that is a hard inquiry. Them looking, taking that look into your credit report to determine where you'd be approved, if you'd be approved, how much your interest rate would be, um, and whatever factors they use to determine whether you're credit worthy or not is called is a hard inquiry. Right. Yeah. So with that being said, because sometimes I hear companies or maybe you, you know, are trying to get a, a card and they say, no, that's a soft inquiry. So right. there is a difference between the soft inquiry and the hard inquiry. And we should be asking those questions. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Because okay. if it's a soft inquiry, it's not going to affect your score. If it is a hard okay. inquiry, it will. Okay. Yeah. To answer your question as to why they care, right? Mm-hmm. So if you really look at all of the elements, let me let me start with saying this. You could, if you're using the FICO metric, you can never have lower than a 300 score or higher than an 850. So that's how I was able to determine that 297.5 points accounts for late um, or payment history because it's out of 850, right? Right. You can't have more than that. So if I'm looking at all of these elements and I'm looking at all of these points, And I'm saying all of these things make up this credit score. Essentially, when they're trying to regulate these things, they're trying to make sure that there's not consumer abuse, right? Mm -hmm, That's, mm -hmm. That's one thing. And another thing is if I'm trying to test someone's responsibility with something, there has to be some kind of standard. Right, correct. So that's the two reasons why they're doing it. Because otherwise, why the heck would you care if I use 100% of my credit card right. or not. But at the same time, don't forget that every time someone issues you money up front, they're taking a risk that they'll never get that money back. Right. Very true. So <laughs> if you're looking at a hard inquiry and you have 20 of them, for example, and I'm a creditor, so you have to think like a creditor sometimes, right? So if I'm a creditor and I'm going into someone's account, some, someone's credit report and I'm looking and I'm seeing they have 20 hard inquiries my train of thought is going to be why is this person trying to acquire so much debt in mm. such a short period of time because hard inquiries they allow four before it starts affecting your score and then they fall off after two years so if in two years you have 20 inquiries I want to know why you're trying to assume so much debt mm. right and now you're a risk now you're a risk you're at a higher risk and mm-hmm. then debt usage if I'm looking at someone who has a maxed out card, I'm thinking as a creditor, hmm, this person is relying heavily on the, the credit I'm lending them in order to maybe live, survive, whatever the case may be. So now they're higher risk. Wow. Right. So these are, you got to kind of th- start to think like them and understand why these things are in place. They're not, they're not in place to make you harmed in any way or just trying to be annoying they're really trying to set a standard to determine okay well if we put these parameters in place we set up this algorithm can this person abide by this and if they can they can live up to this standard then we can continue to issue credit to them eternally because your credit will literally die with you Mm. oh gosh well so that was (laughs) a lot I don't know I know it was a lot (laughs) you know and I'm sure you know, for the listeners who are listening, they're probably like, oh, my gosh. So let's let's see, because there is a way 
you found a way to kind of figure out how to get yourself out of this right financial rut and even if you you know someone's listening and they're like oh my goodness my my credit score is let me backtrack so what is a good credit score what would be considered a decent credit score you know you i hear like oh i have a 700 but mm-hmm. well, what realistically what would be considered a good credit score that question is loaded <laughs> tell you why it is do we need a podcast too? This might like, be, do we need to talk about this another yeah, part? This might be this might be a part a three whole and other four, part. honestly, because <laughs> that's a loaded question. Honestly, if okay, I'm gonna answer this very, very professionally. I'll say that, right? Or politically. Right. A right. good credit score is a score that reflects the highest standard of credit worthiness. That is what a good credit score is. Um depending on what you're trying to accomplish. Some people are okay with having a 680 because they can get a house. They're okay with that. Even though they'll pay higher interest rates, they're like, okay, you Mm -hmm. know what? I just need to qualify and I'll be good. Right? Um, Mm. I've said this and I stand behind this. I won't date somebody without like a 720. Mm. And again, remember, we started off by saying that your credit score is a reflection of your relationship to money, right? So number one cause of marriages going awry has to do with money issues if we're going to try to navigate this life together right like let this be one less thing we got to worry about is money things are going to happen sure but like at least i walk into it knowing that you have some sense of responsibility so it really depends on who you're asking but there's not a real there's not a real marker for what's good or what's bad they have like Mm -hmm. a uh a sliding scale once you make it past like six something they put it as fair or once you pass like seven they put it as average or excellent you know they have their own ways of measuring what good and bad is but if you call capital one or you call amax when they're trying to determine your credit worthiness they want to see different things yes so yes. it really it there is a standard don't get me wrong mm. but there is also like subjective information that you'll come across depending on who you're asking or who the lender is creditor is person is preference is what they're trying to accomplish so it i don't want to answer that question in like a huge general blanket statement right right but you did touch on something very important that i do think you know we tend to women especially minority women women we tend not to have conversations around this is Mm. speaking with our potential mates partners about their financial situation most specifically what is your credit score i i don't think i ever had that conversation with my husband i wish i you know i did in so many ways because it just kind of helps paint a clearer picture but i think you know to your statement i think it is important that we as minority women when we're actively dating or pursuing or whatever have you that we do have these conversations with our partners um because it would affect you in the long run um if you do you know end up in a more long-term situation for sure yeah so that's that's key i think that is like so important um so now that we we touched on this, we touched on what the credit score is. We touched on, um, in terms of you know, um, 
as you stated, there is a fair, average, good or whatever mm-hmm. standard. Right. Um, and that can differ depending on what it is you're going for. So whatever, if you're going for a car, mm-hmm. right, that that standard of being having good credit may differ than if you were pursuing, like, say, getting a house or something like that. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so that and that is also important to keep in mind. Um in regards to, uh, I wanted to touch on the behavioral aspects of it, mm. um, because you mentioned in your bio, and I, I highlighted it, it, it talked about behaviors that kind of keep us right. um, in a certain financial rut. Right. Um, in your experience, what are some of the the top, I would say, kind of behaviors that you see um, that oftentimes you advise individuals to try to work on and identify? Mm, that's an amazing. I don't feel like I've ever been asked that question. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so the top two behaviors that I guess I try to get individuals to identify and address is impulse control and delaying gratification. Mm. Yeah. Jesus, help yeah. us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so those uh-huh. are top two. I'm, there are hundreds more mm-hmm. biases. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's just there's a lot. It, I end up. I honestly spend more time working on someone's mindset than credit report. Wow. Guilt, shame. Um, you know, just a lot of emotional baggage around money and, and credit and then there's the there's the delaying gratification piece that always comes up um because i always advise if if i have a client that becomes part of our full repair service then one thing they can't do anymore is use their credit card mm. and it, you'll see people go through withdrawals like legitimate withdrawals because they're no longer able to scratch that impulse to buy, 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 right. buy, buy and on credit. I don't know what they're doing with their cash, right? Because my next piece of advice is pay down the credit card. But are you really going to be using that money to do that? So then that's kind of where delayed gratification comes in because you're going to get more later if you can kind of just quench that impulse now. Right. Right. So those, those are it. Wow. Yeah. So because you know what, I think oftentimes what I see from a because I'm a licensed social worker. So we definitely come from an uh, a person in environment kind of perspective um, where we look at how our environment shape our behaviors. Right. And what I tend to see, especially in minority communities, because most of us come from a place of lack which is true within our communities. Um, oftentimes when you do see, you know, so so one, we don't have the knowledge that we need to of begin course. with, right? Absolutely. So we don't have the knowledge about our finances and credit. But not only that, but we also, um, for, for those of us who, um, you know, begin working and start bringing in some money, the first thing that we want to do is satisfy this feeling of when I was younger, I didn't have this. So now I'm older, so I'm going to treat myself as much as I can, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And it, it does feed that part of us where it's like, you know what? I wasn't able to get these Uggs when I was 
14, so I'm going to go buy a million pairs right now, although I know I'm doing it on credit. I have no knowledge of how this works. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> mm-hmm. and then we end up in such a, you know, we end up in a situation later on in life, and we're like, wow, now I can't buy a home because of X, you know? Because so, you needed your feet warm. Correct. Yeah. Right. Right. But then it's like, the, but it's, it's to your point of the behavior being deeper than just having the, the shoes, right? It's more of feeding our internal pride right. or our emotional comfort. Right. Right. Yeah. Where it's like, this is emotionally comforting to me. So right. that is why it is, in a sense, so difficult to pull away from it because right. it directly impacts a part of who we are and a part of our identity. So if it directly impacts that, who am I then? Right. And and I think it's probably too, as you're saying, is getting away from understanding that you Delaying this gratification for a short time is to set you up in the long term for bigger gratification and more stable gratification at that. Um, Yeah. Let me tell you, I'm so happy I connected with you on Instagram. You know, I do believe that as women, when we have the knowledge, like you have the knowledge, like I may have a part of it, but you have this part of it. But when we come together, let me tell you, we would be a force yes. to reckon with. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that. Um, the other part that I wanted to talk with you, and then I'm not going to keep you too, too much longer, is um, how do we go about fixing it? Can we fix it on our own? Is it difficult? Should we really, um, I know I know you offer multiple services and I took a look and one of it is, I guess, I, 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 don't quote me on this. Well, you're going you're gonna to correct me. <laughs> but it's a service that you offer in terms of just kind of guiding individuals in personally repairing their credit, correct? Correct, right. Right, right. And then there, your other service is actually where you and your team are actually doing the legwork in actually repairing the your credit correct yes correct okay so if you can briefly touch on those two um the benefits maybe um and maybe you know in terms of time frame okay so yes anyone and everyone can repair credit on their own um i'm actually supposed to let people know that when before they sit down with me and sign a contract i have to i'm legally obligated to tell everyone Look, you don't need me to do this with you, right? So that's one thing. It's possible. It's not difficult. I would say it might be difficult for someone who's not organized and or can't stay on top of things because they're, the level of organization you need to really do it is extensive. You have to follow up with the bureaus. You have to keep track of what you've sent. You have to keep track of um, when it was sent You have because there are laws in place, right? So Um, You have to make sure that you're abiding by the law. You have to make sure they're abiding by the law. Um, So there are a number of factors to look into. But if you're willing to put in the legwork, it's not it's not impossible. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So for us, we kind of made it the only real reason, to be honest with you, that we have the package for the consulting as far as allowing the client to do a little bit more of the legwork and we guide them is because there's an education piece. So what we know, we're giving you all the resources as if we were doing it for you, but you're doing it for you. Um, 
So if the person is willing to undergo the process, then they would be they would be more than equipped with the education and information that we give them to get it done. Um, and it's also more affordable because mm. uh, credit repair is not cheap. But on the flip side of that, living with high interest rates also isn't. So if you can kind of bite the bullet and pay for it now to not have to pay higher interest later, again, delaying gratification, then you're you're good. Um, for us to do the full package, it's us. We're responsible for everything. And all you have to do is send in correspondences that the credit bureaus or creditors send to your home because they have to send it to your home. Um, so that's that's pretty much that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, Natalie, like I said, thank you again. I, I, I truly, you know, don't believe that this is the last time we're going to be probably because I'm sure there's so many, there's so much more to unpack here. So much. Um, in regards to just getting financially stable and fixing our credit. But this is the very beginning, the beginning step of it all. And from what you're telling me, it is important for us to identify the behaviors that are putting us into these situations, Mm -hmm. but educating ourselves in regards to how these systems operate. There's no way to get around them. So we may as well learn how they operate. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to briefly touch on, but I think I'm full. You have. (laughs) That's awesome. That's so good. Yeah, I am definitely full. Um, Where can we find you? Where can they find you? Well, in in relation to credit, you can Mm -hmm. find me on Credit Conversion on Instagram and Facebook. It is Cred Conversion on Twitter, um, creditconversion.org. And if you need to email me personally, it's Natalie, N-A-T-H-A-L-I-E, at creditconversion.org. Um, you can call our offices. Um, honestly, it, I'm pretty open. I'm pretty accessible. <laughs> yes, you yeah. are. I, I can attest to that yeah. because I don't know Natalie personally. We met on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you, she had no problem connecting with me. Nope. So I'm sure if you have a question, make sure that you find her on Instagram. Um, and then also in your podcast, you mentioned that you have an ebook. Oh, man. Yes, but that's not related to credit, though. That's not related to credit? No. Okay. So, yeah, we haven't actually published that book yet. Mm, yeah. So, it's coming. It's coming, but we haven't it's published coming. that one just yet. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. I just want them to know everything that you're doing because <laughs> I'm sure if someone's sitting out there with a 720 credit score and they're like, okay, I'm good. I'm sure they're probably thinking of starting a business mm. or I'm sure they're thinking of something else that they can definitely make make sure they reach out to you and um, get your services, which are not free. Yeah, <laughs> well, no, not all of them, not at a, least. Not uh, you at do all. you do offer some. <laughs> yeah, some, but yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> let me make that disclaimer. Because you. um, <laughs> you're about to break a lot of people's hearts out here. <laughs> They were going to call me and I'm like, um, sis, I, I need sis, you to fulfill this invoice. No. <laughs> really? Yeah. But I just want to thank you once again for joining me. Um, and then we'll definitely be in contact. Yes, for sure. And thank you again for having me. I appreciate the questions and the time. Hold your head up high, you're unbreakable. Unbreakable. 
Hold your head up high, you're unbreakable.